1: So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.
2: The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world.
0: We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. Every afternoon, I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Salaya Mosin.
2: And I'm David Gurra. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: This is v Tonight with veteran handicappers Matt Humans and Wes Reynolds on v the Sports Betting Network. All
4: right, welcome back. Hour number two of... Uh... Send tonight. This is a Circuit Friday Football Invitational show throughout the season. It's kind of the wrap-up show last week and tonight. And Scott Pritchard, the third-place finisher in the Friday Football Invitational and in studio Las Vegas Pro Better. Uh, Scott, let's take a look at the standings here for those who uh, didn't Watched the recap show last week. Jeff Pets, the Mad Russian, was uh, joined me on the show last week to talk about his uh, win 70 51 and 5 against the spread. 19 games over 500, and a half points, and he won by four over Tony Gordon and uh, Scott Pritchard right there in third, four and a half points back, 66 56 and 4. And great job, Scott, on your best bets 13 and 5. Uh, best Bets, you, Randy McKay, and Chris Bear felica tied with the uh, top Best Bet record. And Al Scali, the owner of Brooklyn's Best Pizza and Pasta, said if you want to come by Brooklyn's Best or Dom DeMarco's anytime, dinner on him for uh, such a fine performance in the Best Bets.
5: I'm in. Sign okay. me up. I You wouldn't know it to look at me, but I've not missed too many meals.
4: You've got your own cheering section again here tonight. Remember that TV show Charlie's Angels? You've got Scott's Angels in the studio. And uh, I know that uh, the support you get is a, a big secret to your success.
5: Well, the love of my life, Arlene, affords me the opportunity to be me. Oftentimes during football season, I'm no walk through the park, but uh, she's awesome. Her girlfriend, Ophelia, uh, is great. The more they drink, the more fun I have, and I say twice as nice.
4: That's actually a good way to put it. The more they drink, the more fun you have? Exactly. That's right. probably true. Scott, uh, Pritchard, Las Vegas Pro Sports Better since when? We've talked about this before, but how many years uh, would you consider yourself a pro better? 30 plus years. 30 plus years. And uh, you've learned a lot in that time and you've won uh, several contests. How'd you end up finishing? In the uh, Golden Nugget and uh, the other circuit contest. I took a break for a few years. And the Westgate, too, right? I
5: appreciate that, yeah. I took a break a few years ago, but the late, great Dink, Alan Dinkinson, told me respectfully I should enter every single contest. And I said, well, respectfully, it's not what I do, betting into square numbers that everyone else is forced into playing. But he said you almost always finish in the money, so the odds are not hundreds to one. Uh, for you, it's more like 20 or 40 or 50 to 1. So I heeded that advice, and I started to get back into contests with the Golden Nugget. A few years ago, I took second. I took sixth. I took a break. I came back this year, and with two weeks to go, I was in second place. I ended up ultimately taking sixth and tenth and 31st, cashing out the top 20. Here are the Circa Invitational. Two weeks to go, first place, looking good, feeling good. And I'm thinking, hey, the Mad Russian, I caught a break, finally. One time in my life, I caught a break. The Mad Russian was coerced by his wife to take a cruise. Are you kidding me? And I'm thinking, this is my chance. But that was the one week I had a bad week. And Mad Russian, he can take a week off and go on a cruise and still kick everyone's butt. So I give him a lot of credit. But the Westgate contest, there were 1,301 contestants. I was fortunate to outpick 1,216. But 85th place does not get the money. So the, the golden nugget was good. And next year for the first time, I'm going to do the circa millions. I did do the survivor. I had 10 entries and I made my first 11 weeks, 11 and 0. and I had five solid superpower teams that I had been sandbagging, but Washington was six turnovers lost to the giants in week 12. And I was out hasta la vista. See, you wouldn't want to be a,
4: yeah. Washington, not one of those five solid power teams. No, I was still no.
5: sandbagging at that time. Yeah,
4: you shouldn't have <laughs> saved them all. <laughs> anyway, we all look back at those mistakes. And uh, Circus Survivor, you've cashed in a lot of Las Vegas contests over the years. You finished third in this one. Jeff Petch gets 15000 7000 to Tony Gordon and 3000 to Scott Pritchard. But it's not always about the money. It's also about just the uh, pride of competing. And, uh, Scott, I know that you want to do uh, – uh, You wanted to make a uh, good showing in this contest for those who might not have been familiar with your handicapping prowess.
5: Well, my ex-wife's attorney certainly knows who I am and the people at Vegas Insider and Action Network (laughs) who've been following me for years. But I have to tell you that, yeah, felt a little uh, bit of a a chip on my shoulder going in because uh, the odds somehow people were. I, I, did, I didn't know. I, I heard on the street people were calling me saying, wow, they have you at 40-1 to 1 to finish 15th out of 16th place. I'm thinking, are you kidding me? So, yeah, I was in first, second, or third the whole year based on an epitome of continuity and consistency. But to your point, the fellowship, camaraderie with Kelly Stewart, the Mad Russian, Tony Gordon, Chris Piper, these people are not only rock-solid handicappers, but rock-solid people.
4: Yeah, I know you and uh, Chris Piper became good buddies uh, throughout the season. And uh, you and Tony Gordon last week looked like long-lost friends out here in the sports book. And uh, you guys were hanging out. I think uh, – I don't, I don't realize – I don't think Tony realized at the time that you're such a worldwide superstar on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he found that out last week that you've got um, thousands, several thousands, if not millions of followers on TikTok, right?
5: No one's more surprised than me. I just started the social media bit. I'm kind of a late-to-the-party kind of guy, but I started that (laughs) back in February. The other social media platforms, you know, uh, average on my best day, but TikTok took off. And the analytics, the age demographics, surprisingly enough, 25 to 34. So my viewers and my listeners are hip, contrary to me. I'm many things, but hip is not one of them.
4: Jeff Petz, the Mad Russian, Tony Gordon, and Scott Pritchard, the top three finishers in the Circuit Friday Football Invitational. Scott, did you bet these NFL Divisional round games this weekend? We'll go through them one after another, and we're going to start on Saturday in the first game of Baltimore where the uh, Ravens are nine-and-a-half point favorites at most spots. You've seen a couple tens out there this week. We're at nine if you want to lay it. total of uh, 43-and-a-half to 44. The total has dropped a little bit throughout the week.
5: Yeah, you know, I've been singing a song about the Ravens since uh, September. And again, I'm a numbers guy, value guy. I bet numbers, I bet value more than I bet teams. And I told anyone who would listen countless times on this show even that I had the Ravens at 15 to one and 11 to one to win the conference. But I also have to tell you, I also had the Saints at 25 to one to win the conference, and I was still as bad as they played with no coach and Dennis Allen and no quarterback and Derek Carr and no field goal kicker as Lutz went off to Denver, the best kicker in football. Had they not blown a 17 nothing fourth quarter lead to the Green Bay Packers and a game winning field goal, they still would have won that weak, pathetic division, and I would have hedged it out. But as is, Tampa Bay slid through. I give credit credit is due but yeah big fan of the Ravens but to your point as far as who I like this weekend I lean on the under 44 I know most places right now have 43 but I wouldn't play under 43 and a half a half point not all lines are treated equally not all numbers are created equally but 44 is a key total under 44 I like this game I respect and love the Houston Texans C.J. Stroud, big fan after the first four weeks of the season. It's like I got on the bandwagon, and I still thought I was a little bit late. Defensively, the Texans are good at stopping the run, and that's the strength of the Ravens. So this could be an entertaining game, a competitive game. I love the Ravens to win the game, but you're talking to the wrong guy. I don't know if I can be objective. The question is the Ravens win. The question is by how many. I like the under. <laughs>
4: Yeah, and that total, you're a guy who doesn't uh, bet into bad numbers, and this total's dropped from 46 to uh, 44, so I didn't think you were going to play that at 44. You didn't, right? right?
5: Uh, Yeah, but again, I think there is some value in 44 because it is such a key number. We know there are 10 ways to get to 37, 37 zip, including 20 to 17, but 10 ways to get there. And, of course, 44 is just one touchdown and an extra point away from that so that is so for our viewers i know not everyone's able to bet under 45 and a half to your point it opened 46 been bet down to 44 43 and a half i would never play under 43 and a half even though i understand why there's been a move on this game but again points mean more than opinions i've said that i'm going to keep saying it until people start listening and again i've learned everything the hard way boys and girls i've won- i've gone from one of the world's worst to being very competitive the last uh, few years
4: all right, how about the other game on Saturday? Other number one seed is the 49ers laying nine and a half. South Point's actually at 10. Total of 15 and a half to 51 on Packers, 49ers.
5: I think catching the 10, I'm a big niner guy. I believe Shanahan is one of the absolute best coaches in football. I think he's learned his lessons like a lot of us do in life. Some of us continue to make the same mistakes. But Shanahan, I I still remember as offensive coordinator with the Falcons. It's like a bad dream. It just won't go away. I had big money on the Falcons, plus the points, plus three against the Pats. 28-3 late in the third, looking good, feeling good. Even I can't find a way to lose this game. But, of course, it goes overtime somehow, some way. Idiotic play calling by shanahan and i lost by six in overtime it was a slow agonizing death i always tell people hey listen if you saw a bad movie would you go back and see it again yet i keep replaying this game in my mind but the fact is shanahan is the real deal today niners are hungry they're rested. they have a chip on their shoulder they're going to win this contest but plus 10 at south point that intrigues me. I'm going to get to the south point. I'm going to take the plus 10, although I expect the Niners to win the game. The reason the Packers will have some challenges here, Matt, they've won four consecutive games. Congrats. The bad news is they are the youngest team in football. They just went on the road, won as a double-digit dog. Lightning doesn't usually strike twice.
4: Yeah, I'm a little leery of uh, backing the Packers again this week as well. And uh, the Packers jumped up on the Cowboys 14 nothing. I wouldn't be surprised if they're playing from behind in this game, and that's going to be a, a different, totally different thing for Jordan Love. And how about, you know, I'm a Love proponent, and uh, I've been a Packers proponent since the summer, and it took a long time for this thing to come together for the Packers. They had a lot of injuries with the running backs and on the offensive line and even on their defense. Uh, but Love, 21 TD passes, one interception over the last nine games. At some point, uh, there's going to be a little regression there because nobody is that good
5: great point and like you I show love to love but the fact is he's going to be a star but asking him to go on the road against two stud horse power teams like Dallas and now San Francisco it's asking a bit much and to your point I I really love what you said as far as the fact that Green Bay got off to such a great start and then it just kind of snowballed from there oftentimes things become contagious but if the Niners can just hold serve not self-sabotage by turning the ball over, I expect the Niners to win. But I'll take the plus 10. I mean, I'm not loud and proud, but I see some value there.
4: All right, we'll talk about the uh, Sunday playoff games and some NBA with Scott Pritchard next.
1: On the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.
4: This is VSIN Tonight with
3: Matt Humans and Wes Reynolds on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
4: Right, become a vSEN Pro subscriber today. Get date, get unlimited access to our vSEN.com picks page. I'll have plenty of picks up there for college hoops tomorrow. We've got a lot of NFL plays up there as well. VSIN Pro picks, you can get them by becoming a vSEN Pro subscriber today. vSEN Tonight will give you 10% off an annual subscription when you use promo code TONIGHT. All right, back here on VSIN Tonight with uh, Scott Pritchard. TikTok superstar and best friends with Chris Piper and Tony Gordon, third place finisher in the Circuit Friday football invitational. And Scott, you're headed off to, on a vacation to Costa Rica next week, huh?
5: Well, I think you can relate to this, that uh-huh. as much as we enjoy college and pro football, it is a grind. Uh, oftentimes it's lucrative, but it's emotionally draining. So every year I try to get a, get away when it slows down. So I, I go to Thailand for a couple months each and every year, leaving right after the Super Bowl. Going to go to the big game Super Bowl here. I just got my ticket yesterday, number one. Number two, Tuesday, my girlfriend and I are heading off to Costa Rica for a week.
4: All right. Well deserved. You earned it, right? It's Thank you. Uh, it is a grind, the football season. Take a little bit of a break. And, uh, Scott, I know I'll see you back in the sports books here around town like I always do betting the NBA every night, right? Well, they
5: play the Star-Spangled Banner every day. I have action every single day, so I love the NBA. And I also love betting because it's something, as you know, I can do remotely whether I'm in Thailand or if I'm in Malibu or if I'm in Pahrump.
4: Well, fortunately, you're not in Pahrump, and you're going to Costa Rica this week, so that's better. There is a difference. Good decision. Uh, So now you are a guy who bets a lot of NBA and uh, tonight the Boston Celtics took their first home loss of the season. They were 20 and 0 at home and they fall 102 to 100 to the Nuggets. Uh, Do you do much futures betting in the NBA or is this you bet on a nightly basis? 95%
5: 95% on a nightly basis. But again, I'm a slave to value. I'm a slave to the number. So I do have one team in the Western Conference to win the West right here at Circa. And I notice that the number is the lowest in town now. I bet them at 17 to 1. To win the conference, and right now they're four to one here at circa. They're even lower, but it has to do with the fact that when James Harden came over, I'm not a big Ty Lu fan, but I'm a big Clipper fan this year simply because of the fact that when they brought over Harden, I could not believe that Tai Lu started Russell Westbrook, who I like. He brings energy and effort each and every night, mm-hmm. but you can't have Harden stand in the corner off the ball, he's a ball-dominant point guard, and ask him to, he's not Steph Curry, he's not going to pick and roll and go to the basket. So I told everyone on TikTok, I said, bet against the Clippers, TFN. <laughs> they went 6-0, and oh, and then as soon as they made the transition, Westbrook, come off the bench, lead these hmm. guys on the second unit, then I said respectfully bet on the Clippers' TFN. They've gone 17-2 and two in their last 19 games when Kawhi Leonard has played. This team is dangerous, although Denver, to your point, Matt, tonight winning on the road. Denver, they're world beaters at home. High altitude, thin air, proven world champs, strong starting five. But to go on the road against Boston and give them their first home loss, that's impressive. The Celtics, no shame. Two-point loss. They're now 20-1 and one at home.
4: Yeah, Celtics were seven-point home favorites tonight in that 102-100 loss uh, to the Nuggets. And, uh, Scott, I don't know what to say about the Clippers. They're going to have to prove it in the postseason. That's a team that uh, I'm not going to believe in until I see it happen in uh, April, May, and June. You sound like Charles
5: Barkley years ago when he said jump-shooting teams don't win the NBA title. You know as well as I do, you have to see it before it happens, pounce on the value, identify value. The Golden State Warriors, not a coincidence, once they got rid of the cancer in the locker room, a la Mark Jackson, they started winning championships, mm-hmm. compliments of Steve Kerr. So jump shooting teams, three-point shooting teams, now dominate the league. So I hear what you say. I respect what you I say. Just,
4: I just don't believe in the Clippers getting it done in the playoffs. It's well, this, the Clippers, Clippers specific. I'm not talking about jump shooting teams. or anything. I believe, You have to be a good jump shooting team to win in basketball these days. Well, the
5: Clippers, Kawhi Leonard, PG-13, they were not on the, this break team from the early 70s with Bob McAdoo and Randy Smith when I was 7 and 8 years old pulling for this team I'm not emotionally attached to the Clippers I'm emotionally attached to good bets seeing the cashier bro grab the dough and get on the Clippers really okay
4: good luck with Have the you Clippers heard here? Jonathan Von Tobel of ESEN has been touting the Clippers for years now Maybe Uh, this is your year.
5: I've been touting them for 20 minutes, okay? Uh I didn't say anything about Uh 5, 10, 50 years ago, but this is their year. I'm talking about
4: for the last three or four years. Okay. JVT has loved the Clippers. (laughs) Hopefully this is the year you guys cash on the Clippers. I'm not going to jump on the bandwagon. Well, What about the Lakers? Uh, They are seven-point home favorites tonight to the uh, Nets. Are you a fade or a follow guy when it comes to the Lakers?
5: For years, I bet against the Lakers because, again, I bet into bad numbers and I bet into good value. The Lakers are always hyped, always overrated. And LeBron, of course, he wants to promote, we won the end-season tournament. Yeah, well, you went 3-10 and 10 after you did that. Congrats. And they're a complete fraud. The Lakers, they're notorious for playing down to their competition, so I always play against the Lakers when they're playing a weak team because they might win, but they seldom cover. The opposite of the number one point spread team in all of basketball, OKC Thunder. The last three years finished in the top three, they were never a good team, but they always were competitive. They always covered the number, but this year they do have talent. They've got a great starting five, MVP candidate. I love this team, and they are number one, Number two, Philadelphia 76ers, because they now have a coach, Nick Nurse. Doc Rivers, what took you so long to get rid of this guy?
4: Yeah, Nick Nurse is a big coaching upgrade for the Sixers, uh, no doubt about it. Scott, we'll have plenty of time to talk NBA over the next uh, handful of months. And uh, tonight we're going to finish it up with the NFL. Talk about the two games on Sunday, Tampa Bay-Detroit. Derek Stevenson and his crew going to fly out of here late tomorrow night to Detroit uh, for the game. He's fired up, and uh, the city of Detroit – is uh, buzzing about this one too. Lions minus six, total of 50. Do you think the Bucks are live dogs in this game in Detroit?
5: They are live dogs. Okay. And the reason is I was hoping to steal a seven, and just I just now checked. It was six and a half everywhere, and now it's down to six at most places. There were so, a couple
4: sevens of fives early in the week. You didn't get them?
5: I did not, okay. and I'm not happy about that because, as you know, points mean more than opinions, and seven is the second most key number on a side. But as far as the Lions go, hey, congrats, Lions fans. Uh, you haven't done anything since 1956, and so you're due, okay? I don't buy into the due factor. fact, history has a way of repeating itself. The Lions have talent. They have Great talent at the skill positions in the National Football League, this team, but I, I do not like, do not like, will not like, now or ever, the riverboat gambler, Dan Campbell. Consistently takes high-risk, low-percentage plays and somehow, some way, miraculously, comes out smelling like a rose. Except against Dallas. It finally caught up with him. Finally. I don't mind you going for two late in the game from the two to win the game. You believe in your players, if that's your defense. But when you back up to the seven, seven seven-and-a-half-yard line and you still go for it, you're nothing more than a poor man's version of Deuce Staley or uh, Staley, the former coach of the Chargers.
4: Or a knucklehead. Yeah, that's not a smart move to go for two from the seven like he did in that game, even though a lot of people will still talk about the Lions getting screwed by the refs in that game. Not a great move by Dan Campbell, of course. Uh, Detroit minus six, total of 49-and-a-half to 50 in that game. And uh, like you... I wanted to get that seven with the Bucks, and I was too slow to pull the trigger and uh, don't have anything on that game right now. I want to get plus three with the Chiefs if it shows again. I think there's a pretty good shot you're going to see a three out there uh, by Sunday afternoon. Right now, Buffalo minus 2.5, minus 120, total of 45.5. Do you have a play here or a side you prefer?
5: I like a cheap money line on yeah, the Buffalo on Bills. Bills. Yeah. And and yet I understand, and that's a great observation on your point, Matt. I think if you can, and it probably will, there will be a touch of three because the whole world seems to be on Buffalo, and for good reason. The Bills already spanked this team in Kansas City at Arrowhead. No one loves Mahomes, Kelsey. Notice how I didn't say Taylor Swift. No one loves Kelsey and Mahomes and Andy Reid more than me. They've been in the AFC Championship game five of the last six years, but the difference is this time they're on the road. Buffalo already beat this team that KC has been their nemesis as KC has owned them. But I think it's different at home in Buffalo. The only thing, the only wild card that I see in this game where Buffalo doesn't win, as much as I like Josh Allen, he does not understand ball security. He he carries the ball like a loaf of bread. He turns the ball over, he fumbles, he throws INTs in opportune times. They'll have the game well in hand and he'll throw into triple coverage. He's, he suffers from uh, the Daniel Jones uh, problem, as well as Matt Ryan and countless other quarterbacks. If he just do, gets out of his own way and does not self-sabotage, I expect the Bills to win, cheap money line, but KC plus three, I understand the value there because it's such a key, key, key number.
4: Yeah, there's going to be a lot of two-way action on this game. And I know some sharp betters who like the Bills, but they don't want to lay the points either. They're talking about laying minus 142 or 145 out there on uh, Buffalo. Scott Pritchard, I think before the Circuit Friday Football Invitational, General Mitchie Moss on Twitter made you 40-1 to 1 or 50-1 to 1 to win the, the contest. And you were ticked off about that. You felt disrespected. But nice job finishing third behind Jeff Petch and uh, Tony Gordon. And you can go to the casino cage and uh, cash your check right now. And, Scott, thanks for stopping in tonight. We appreciate uh, your contributions to the Friday night contest. And have a great trip to uh, Costa Rica and Thailand. And we'll see you back here, what, in about a month?
5: Yeah, I'll be back uh, maybe. I, I love uh, Mitch, okay? no, He doesn't know me. I don't know him. But, yeah, it, it's never bad to have a little bit of a chip on your shoulder. People have been underestimating me my whole life, and that's a good thing. I know that's surprising, but that uh, keeps the fire burning. And when I think about sleeping in and not getting out of bed to handicap, I think of things like this.
3: This is v tonight with Matt Humans and Wes Reynolds on v send the Sports Betting Network.
4: With Omaha Steaks, you'll fall in love at first bite with their tender steaks, juicy burgers, air-chilled chicken, and more. You're going to love every bite. It's Omaha Steaks Guarantee. And for a limited time, when you go to omahasteaks.com slash v you'll get four free air-chilled chicken breasts and four juicy boneless pork chops with your order minimum purchase may apply omahasteaks.com slash vcin for four free boneless chicken breasts four free boneless pork chops omahasteaks.com slash vcin west reynolds co-host here on vcin tonight monday through thursday night he's going to be back here on friday nights eventually also hosting the look ahead sunday nights with uh, dave ross Wes, have you had a chance to go out for a steak dinner yet tonight
3: I have not. I probably need to treat myself to one, though, after uh, having uh, watched the Hoosiers tonight. uh, When even your radio broadcaster, Don Fisher, who's the biggest IU company guy ever, is saying I'm embarrassed of this ball club right now, that shows you how well it's going as uh, Wisconsin leads by 17.
4: Yeah, I see uh, seven minutes to go. Hoosiers down big at Wisconsin tonight in the Big Ten. And, uh, Wes, I know you've been busy handicapping college hoops. So uh, let's bounce around the board a little bit here. You'll have a bunch of plays up, I'm sure, on the VSIM Pro page tomorrow. I will, too. Let's start with uh, number one UConn on the road of Villanova. 793, 794 on the rotation. DraftKings actually opened this UConn minus one. It's up to four. Uh, what do you make of that number and the matchup here uh, between the Huskies and uh, Nova?
3: Yeah, I'm not surprised that UConn got the money, at least on the opener, with how impressive they were against Creighton. Creighton was on a roll the other night, nailed Creighton to point seven seven points per possession, which is a- absolutely outstanding defense and what was a really low-scoring game. UConn slept Nova uh, last year. The big kid did camp comeback, Donovan Klingen. I think he only played about 15 minutes on Wednesday. I would expect he's going go 20 to go 20-24, to somewhere, somewhere around there. Uh, at Villanova, but I'm probably going to buy late on Villanova here. I think I think a four, just a, li- a little bit too high. This is a team, look, when they can hit threes, they can compete with anybody, but uh, the problem is they don't hit them with enough regularity. But very good team at the foul line, though. Number one in the country, 82%. So if we get a close game here, and that Marquette game was a little bit closer, just kind of got away from them late on Monday afternoon. So uh, I'll likely be on Nova, but I have not bet that yet.
4: Yeah, it's going to be a dogger pass game for me, too. And uh, now we're getting four with uh, Villanova, and I might have to take the four. How about another team that's been hot and moving up in the top tens, North Carolina. Tar Heels also on the road, 677 on the rotation. North Carolina laying seven and a half or eight at Boston College.
3: Yeah, I think that this could be a little bit of a sleepy spot for North Carolina. And, and North Carolina is playing good basketball, They've had a pretty easy schedule. They haven't really had to play a lot of the top teams in the in the ACC. They've been playing Syracuse and they've been playing uh, Louisville and those clubs. But uh, this could be a sleepy spot mid afternoon up in the Conti Forum uh, there. So I do like Boston College here. Uh, they got Quentin Post, the appropriately named Quentin Post, who plays the post for BC. They got him back last time out. So. This could be one of those ones, and we've seen it pretty much all season in the early part of the uh, conference play, Matt. You get these teams that get on a roll, and then they go on the road as road favorites uh, in games that, okay, it looks like you could put a check mark and count it as a win, and then they come up lame. So uh, I thought that this number was a little high. I like DC. All
4: right, let's go to the Big Ten for a minute. So Purdue's off that win at Indiana. You got number two Purdue also on the road. You got some uh, heavyweights on the road here on Saturday. This is 6.53 on the rotation. DraftKings open Purdue 8.5. I thought that was a little bit high, Wes. And uh, now we're seeing 7 and all the way down to 6.5 at some books. Is this a tricky spot for Purdue at Iowa?
3: It, it very well could be. Uh, and, look, Iowa's won two in a row. I don't know, actually, three in a row. I don't know what their ceiling is. Beat Rutgers, beat Nebraska, and then won at Minnesota on Monday. So, you know, got back to 3-3 three and three in the conference. Probably going to be a really high-scoring game, even though the total has been bet under early. But I don't, I don't see a lot of resistance defensively. And, look, Purdue's defense on the road, save for the performance at Indiana the other night, it's been a little shaky. We saw it at Nebraska be a little shaky. We oh, saw sure. it be shaky at Northwestern. So I think it could be against Iowa, too. Even though this Iowa team, not the dynamic offensive team that we're used to seeing, but still pretty solid.
4: All right, let's go to the Big 12 for a minute, 6:15, 6:16. Baylor, Texas. A couple nights ago, Rodney Terry embarrassed himself by uh, screaming at some UCF players for making the horns down gesture after Texas blew a big lead and lost to UCF. Longhorns back home here. This open pick-em at DraftKings. Texas is taking a little bit of money, and I, I think I agree with this. Texas minus one and a half against Baylor. How about you? Yeah, I do
3: kind of like the Longhorns here, too, and play it small on the money line. I, I, Baylor uh, comes off that OT loss at Kansas State. Um, down Jerome Tang, they're, I think 3-0 and against his old mentor, Scott Drew, since he's taken over that job. And I wonder if Baylor has a little bit of a hangover here. Texas' pride has also got to be hurting, too, because they just lost at West Virginia, who seemingly can't beat anybody. We were talking with a notable better last night about hey, there might be making a change there at West Virginia at coach, and more than likely they're going to be, and Texas lost to him, and then lost to UCF, who's not used to these road trips, uh, upgrading from the American Conference to the Big 12. So seeing Texas is a favorite, that almost looks like too good to be true to take Baylor as a dog. I like the Longhorns.
4: Okay, how about Clemson, Florida State? Let's go to the SEC, 720, Florida State, a one-and-a-half or two-point dog to a Clemson team that's once again, starting to uh, disappoint.
3: Yeah, they are, and, and got off to a really good start in the season, but now are, are two and four in the ACC. They just lost in double overtime at home to Georgia Tech. Meanwhile, Florida State was awful in uh, November and December. They had lost to uh, Lipscomb, they had lost to South Florida. Now they're five and one. They just beat Miami, uh, beating their old teammate Matt Cleveland. Uh, beat Miami down there on the road. Clemson a rogue favorite here. So I think people are going to look at that and say, hey, why is Florida State a home dog? I think there's a reason. I think Clemson's the better club. I think this is a get-right spot for them.
4: Okay, how about Oklahoma State, K-State? And uh, Wildcats, nine-point favorites in Manhattan against the Cowboys.
3: Yeah, I took Oklahoma State here. I mentioned about Kansas State. They beat uh, they beat Scott Drew once again in the octagon of doom. You know, a four-rush, and uh, it was an OT win. So – I think that this is a little bit of a shaky spot for Kansas State. I know Oklahoma State, they're 0-4 in the Big 12. So, look, somebody has to be at the bottom of arguably the best conference in America, and it looks like it's going to be Oklahoma State. But uh, I look at this, and I think this could be a little bit of a sandwich spot. Even though they're at home, they got to go to Iowa State later this week, and then they got to go to Houston next Saturday. So I think a sleepy spot for K-State here. I like the Cowboys.
4: All right, Oklahoma State is number 781 on the rotation, plus nine looks like the best number out there if you like Okie State like uh, West does. I know there was – hey, you know, Kentucky is a 13-point home favorite against Georgia, and that's 758 on the rotation. How good do you think this Kentucky team is? What's the ceiling for this Kentucky team with a lot of talent and a lot of shooters, actually?
3: No, oh, I think they can win the whole thing, Matt. I think they absolutely could. And I know we talked about them uh, in the futures market. I think they're still in like the mid-teens, 16-1-ish that you might be able to get, shop around, you might be able to find even a, a smidge better. But this team can shoot the ball. And this is what Kentucky has not really been able to do. They've had to win with defense and with athleticism. They're shooting 39% from the three. That's the ninth in the country as a team. They got the big guy Bradshaw back who can also step out and shoot the three. They're not as good defensively, but they don't have to be because the offense is so proficient. They're running at 18th in terms of tempo right now out of 362 team. They don't turn the ball over either for as fast as they play. They're the third best team in terms of turnover percentage. And, that's really impressive with a lot of young guards back there with Dillingham and Wagner and Reed Shepard. Also got the senior, Antonio Reed. So, yeah, this team can win the whole thing, absolutely.
4: All right, that's Georgia, Kentucky. And, uh, Wes, let's uh, wrap it up here with 6-17, Virginia Tech, NC State, Wolfpack, three three-and-a-half-point favorites over the Hokies.
3: Yeah, Hunter Couture uh, came back. He'd missed a couple games with injury, came back against Virginia the other night. UVA uh, got the win, 65 57. NC State, uh, they've been on a roll a little bit lately, but early start down there in Raleigh uh, maybe could be a little bit sleepy. They're 5 and 1, surprisingly enough, uh, in the ACC. They run a little more tempo. Kevin Keith, they like to press. He's a Patino disciple, but Virginia Tech's got some really good veteran guards Sean Tadula, Hunter Tater, uh, Tyler Nickel. I think they'll be able to handle that press. I like the Hokies on the road.
4: All right, at Wes Reynolds 1 on Twitter. And uh, Wes, what do you have coming up Sunday night with your co-host, Super Dave Ross?
3: We have the look ahead, and uh, we will know what the conference championship games are going to be on Sunday night, so we'll be delving into them. And, uh, you know, hopefully some props will be out. Maybe not, but we'll go all angles of the AFC and NFC championship games Sunday night.
4: All right, Wes, appreciate the time tonight. Get busy posting those plays up on the VSM Pro page on College Hoops. You bet, man. Thanks for having me. All right. Uh, Super Dave Ross, Wes Reynolds on the look ahead Sunday night here on v Sin. Check out that show right here from the Circus Sportsbook. Speaking of Dave Ross, he's going to join me next with his UFC best bets.
1: I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.
3: This is VSIN Tonight with Matt Humans and Wes Reynolds on VSN, the sports betting network.
4: All right, Super Dave Ross, v host, joins me now. He hosts the Sunday night show, The Look Ahead, with uh, Wes Reynolds as they look ahead to the opening numbers and uh, the games next week. And uh, Dave is also UFC handicapper, sharp batter, with me now on uh, the Friday night show. Super Dave, you're also a Dallas Cowboys super fan. Uh, how, how do you feel about the Cowboys this week? Do you like their chances in the divisional round? <laughs>
6: I mean, man, I thought we were friends. It's been a healing process for me this week. And it's been, a, it's been a tough week. As I get older, I thought it would get easier. It really doesn't. And so I feel like I'm fighting off all the people in the world telling me we got to fire Mike McCarthy. Of course, they don't do that. And, you know, we're going to stay the course here, it looks like, with everything coming back next year. I don't know what the fate of Dan Quinn's going to be, if he's really going to get a head coaching job. I just thought that he picked a really bad day to have a bad day. I, I thought the defense was really the number one issue. And you know, look, the offense struggled. Dak and C.D. Lamb didn't, for whatever reason, get off on the good foot in that game. And the young Packers, I really thought, punched Dallas in the face. They didn't respond until it was too late. Matt, I did not see that coming. I mean, as seven-point favorites, I thought the number was a little bit high that Wes and I talked about in the look ahead last last Sunday night. But I certainly did not think they'd be in jeopardy of losing the game. Uh, not only were they in danger of losing the game, they were really never in it. So I think that's the biggest <laughs> surprise. Yeah. But I just I, I don't think they should panic. I really do think Mike McCarthy, when you win 12-12-12, he's earned the shot to try to right the ship one more time. And, look, if it doesn't happen next year, we all know that the writing's on the wall for Big Mike.
4: Yeah, I'm not a, the biggest fan of uh, Big Mike, but I don't pin it all on what, what happened against the Packers on Big Mike. I think that was mostly right. defensive breakdowns and Dak Prescott playing a really poor game. Dak throwing an early interception and then a pick six. That was more about Dak Prescott not playing well and the defense being totally unprepared for what the Packers threw at him. And uh, I don't put, put it all on Big Mike. But I do think it's not just, uh, you know, you picked a bad day to have a bad day. Dave, when you're talking about Dallas, because when the Cowboys went on the road and faced the 49ers, they got embarrassed when they went on the road to face the bills, they got embarrassed. So, you know, they've tried to step up in class in some of these big games and flop before. Uh, I don't think it's the end of the world to give Mike McCarthy one more shot, but this has got to be the last shot. You can't keep doing this.
6: I agree. I think to your point, Matt, it kind of proves that when they played the elite in the league, not saying green Bay is the elite, but certainly San Francisco and Buffalo, and they didn't pass the mustard test, they might not just be that good. So to win 12 games the last three years actually I think is an, an impressive accomplishment by Mike McCarthy because I don't think they stack up right now with the best and the best, losing the last two years to San Francisco in the playoffs and then Green Bay this year. So I do think we got to look at the defense a little bit about personnel and figure out if they're actually good enough defensively. I think they can win. they got to upgrade the running game. But defensively, is the issue for next year if they're really going to be a title contender. All
4: right, Dave, before we get to UFC 297 in Toronto, which is Saturday, is there a bet that you like, a bet or two that you like in the NFL playoffs this weekend?
6: Yeah, you know, I kind of like Houston a little bit. Getting the 9.5 uh, tomorrow, sleepy game in Baltimore. The total's gone up. I've seen the 44. I don't know that we're going to get a ton of points in that one. And I just think Houston, they're kind of built differently, playing with house money a little bit. You do have the bye week. Lamar didn't play in the last week against Pittsburgh in the regular season finale, so it's a couple weeks off. It hasn't always worked out well uh, for the Ravens coming off that bye week, if you will, and then you add it in by taking off the regulars in, the, in week 18, and they only play unders. Lamar Jackson, and I think it might be a low-scoring game. So I'm going to take the nine and a half with Houston enroll in that early game.
4: All right, uh, Dave Rust on the Texans and. Uh... I don't know if the 10 is going to pop up sometime tomorrow, but I like the Texans side a little bit there, too. A little bit concerned that the Texans are too popular as uh, underdogs this week. But, yeah. again, you know, you bring up good points, and I, I've said this this week. Lamar Jackson, 1-8 against the spread as a favorite of 7.5 points or more over the last uh, three years. We're going to talk more about the NFL in the final hour tonight with Tony Gordon and Chris Zanook. And uh, Chris wanted to say hi to you, uh, Dave. He says he's a big fan of uh, Super Dave Ross. And I said, who's not? All right, so let's talk about (laughs) UFC 297 in Toronto. And uh, first of all, start with the undercard and some of your best bets before you get to the main event, Dave.
6: Yeah, I've got one. And this is the weird thing, Matt. We've talked about it before. And certainly when we do our handicapping on first strike, you know, when the UFC goes out of the country and they fight, say, in Brazil or they, they fight all over the world, You do have to look at the O2 in England, and they're going to have a lot of English and British fighters on on those cards and Brazilian fighters in Brazil. Every single fight features a Canadian fighter somewhere in a matchup except for the co-main and the main event. So I have to kind of pick and choose when I go against Canadian fighters in fights that I don't think will go the distance. So I don't have to take into judging into that account. I think handicappers should look at that a little bit when you have kind of these regional cards, if you will, like this one tomorrow night in Toronto. And I found one in Charles Jordan against Sean Woodson that I really like And Woodson's got some built-in advantages against Jordan. He's a much better striker than Charlotte, than Charles is And look, I like Charles Jordan a lot. I just don't like him as a $2 betting favorite in this one. In what I think is going to be more of a firefight map with a guy with a seven inch reach advantage like Sean Woodson. And when you look at him, you go, how's that guy ever going to win a fight? Cause he looks so gangly. He looks, so Ball for the weight class, but he's actually super tall. So what I think could happen here is if he can stuff takedowns, and Jordan doesn't use his wrestling, which he would have a big advantage against Woodson if he did it, and if he stays in a firefight with Woodson, and with the distance and the high knees and the movement that Woodson can pose, I actually think this fight stays standing. I think somebody might go to sleep here, and for a fight like that, I think it's more of a coin flip. You meet the guy at plus $1. seventy-five, plus $1. eighty, in Woodson, Uh, I got a plus an hour 80 earlier. It's down to plus an hour 75 now. So a small money move towards Woodson, but I do like his chances in a fight that I don't think is going to hit the cards.
4: All right. so Sean Woodson about plus 175 or 180 is, uh, that's your best dog on the card?
6: Yeah, that's my, on the the prelim card I like that. I do have another dog that I like in the co-main event uh, tomorrow night, and that is for the Bantamweight Championship of the World. And Again, we've had a huge drop off in talent at 135 and 145 pounds since the you know retirements of Amanda Nunes. That puts that those divisions in flux. Obviously, Ronda Rousey isn't walking through that door, but a fighter who was around for the heyday of Ronda and the, and the heyday of Amanda Nunes is Rocky Pennington. She's in the co-main event against Myra Buena Silva, and Buenasilva Silva came off a nice win against Holly Holm. And again, Holly Holm, this isn't you know. This isn't Melbourne Holly Holm knocking out Ronda Rousey eight years ago. You know, this is 2023 version and late 2023 version of Holly Holm. And it's just not the best version of herself. So when people look at that, they go, oh, wow, coming off a nice stoppage against Holly. I don't put as much weight into it. I think Myra Boyda Silva will get off to a fast start. But Pennington trains in Colorado, high altitude. She's got cardio for days. And for Matt, for somebody like me, when I look at fights that I think should be closer to a pick'em, she's about a dollar underdog right now. Rocky Pennington, I love cardio machines, and again, potentially five rounds now. She doesn't have to even worry about uh, pacing. Myra Buena Silva has to worry about pacing, and if she can't get Rocky out early, I would look to the live number. If, if uh, Raquel loses the first round or even the second round, but doesn't take any damage, I would really look at Pennington at that point because I think the propensity here is for Buena Silva to start to tire and gas a little bit. And that's where Rocky can really step on the proverbial gas tank here. So Pennington plus $1. forty, I played it early, earlier in the week. I, I do think there's a chance she could get a stoppage. So even though it's juiced right now, four and a half over, that tells you the judges are anticipating this one, or at least the bookmakers t- anticipating the judging getting involved in this. I think Rocky might be able to get her out late in the fourth or fifth. But th- by that point, I think she's putting a lot of volume on Buena Silva. And if Blaine Silva can't get her down to the ground and this fight stays standing, Rocky Pennington's going to piece her up late. I think Rocky's going to be and new at 135 pounds tomorrow night.
4: All right, Raquel Pennington plus 140, Sean Woodson plus 180. Those look like the best numbers you can get on those two dogs on the UFC 297 card. Dave Ross, v host with us. Dave, have got about a minute and a half to go here on the main event. Sean Strickland around, what, about a minus 130 favorite?
6: Yeah. And it's weird, Matt, because this thing went all the way earlier in the day. I've been watching the line move today, it slipped all the way to just get to C to be the new small favorite. And then it immediately swung back to Sean Strickland. So a lot of money coming in on both sides. I got Strickland at $1.25. Thought that was a good number. Again, could have got him almost at minus $1. seven uh, earlier and now back up to minus $1. thirty. I love Strickland, kind of like I like Pennington in the co-main. Cardio for days. Driscus Duplessis had problems with his nasal passage. did have surgery or corrected. Looked great in his last fight against Robert Whitaker. I don't think he's going to look great here. And, again, if he doesn't get Sean out in the first five, seven-and-a-half minutes into round two, oh, my goodness, give me Sean Strickland to walk him down late, tire out Driscus Duplessis, maybe a late stoppage, but will win on the cards if it hits the judges' cards. And, again, I also like the over, which is even right now, two-and-a-half rounds. I don't think Driscus gets him out of there, and I don't see Sean Strickland knocking out put C in the first uh, seven and a half or into that second round. So play the over two and a half.
4: All right, Dave, always appreciate your enthusiasm and knowledge for handicapping the USC. I'm not sure if you're very active on Twitter, but if you are, put your plays up there on Twitter tomorrow for the people, okay?
6: <laughs> I might do that and have some political commentary with it as well. Matt, you're the best.
4: <laughs> Thanks, buddy.